global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery, and we have some breaking news. Dow Chemical and DuPont have won federal antitrust approval for their $73 billion merger, overcoming one of the last remaining hurdles to a deal that would create a global chemicals giant. Dow and DuPont agreed to sell assets to resolve government concerns that the combination would harm competition and raise prices for customers. That's according to a filing in federal court in Washington today. Technology shares have resumed their pullback, dragging the market lower for the fourth time in five days. Stocks are narrowing earlier losses. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is down 32 points, an eighth of a percent, trading at 21,343. S&P 500 down 8 points, a third of a percent, at 2430. The Nasdaq is down 37 points, two-thirds of a percent, trading at 6157. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 35 cents a barrel, three-quarters of a percent, at 4439. Spot Gold is down $20.10 a ounce, at 1255.80. Ten-year Treasury down down 11.30 seconds with a yield of 2.1637. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Over to you, Carolyn Corey. All right, Catherine Cattery, thank you so much. Time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here, once again, Bloomberg's Catherine Cattery. It's a banner year for ETS. That's a word from Matthew Bartolini, head of Spider America's research at State Street. We continue to see fund flows pile into the ETF space and specifically within fixed income, which is looking to be another uh, record year. Bartolini says fixed income ETFs have taken in about $64 billion so far this year after attracting about $90 billion last year. I think it's a little bit of a continuation of a generational shift and gravitational pull just into the ETF space due to the low cost and transparency of uh, the ETF structure. I also think it's a combination of some of the macro events uh, with continued uh, uncertainty. Bartolini says in the fixed income space, aggregate, government, and corporate ETS have attracted the lion's share of flows. He adds, if you dig a little deeper, you find that emerging market debt funds are also on a hot streak of their own. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day here in San Diego, the Pershing Insight Conference, 2017 Conference here in San Diego. It's and it is, of course, days here. beautiful. I think it's the best weather in the country here Ooh, today. It's amazing. Uh, with, uh, Michael Jones joined us right now. He's the chairman and the CIO at Riverfront Investments. Uh, he did a, a, a panel of this, uh, which is right at the heart of it, one of the biggest debates going on right now in the, in the markets, um, active or passive investing mm. or when to use both. Uh, uh, Michael, it's good to see you. I think that... Um, Warren Buffett kind of turned up the heat in this a little bit with his annual letter no this question. year, pointing out uh, how fees have just really destroyed the returns of investors um, and really pushing for indexing. And you have your guys known as a stock picker. Yeah, well, and I'd always say that with Warren, you should do what he does and not what he says. Uh, and there's none of his money that's actually invested passively. So I think that's a stronger statement than whatever he says, you know, in uh, in his commentaries. I also think it's important to recognize that. Well, he does have a lot of cash. He does have a lot of cash. And well, that's yeah. another thing. He says pay your taxes, and then he puts all his money in muni bonds. So you know, like I said, you should watch what he does more than what he says. Right. Um, the 
the real issue, I think, with, with the passive versus active debate is to recognize what kind of market environment you're in. Uh, Morningstar did a fantastic study a few months back where it basically looked at the last 20, 30 years and rolling three-year returns and said, when does active outperform? When does passive outperform? And it was astonishing. There's one environment where passive investing has always outperformed modestly, about 100 to 120 uh, basis points, which is about the uh, the expense ratios on a lot of active funds. Well, and do you know what that environment some are worse. is? worse. Well, some are worse. Uh, That's true. The environment where passive wins is when the market has been going at about 15% per annum or better. It's very difficult for active managers to keep up in that environment, and I think one of the reasons is is that they will not buy Netflix. They won't buy Facebook at you know, 50 times earnings. And in a really hot market, then that's those stocks often are the things that lead the market higher. Um, by contrast, when returns are below 10% per annum, and we strongly believe that's the kind of environment we're going to see in the U.S. looking forward, that's when active managers tend to outperform. And there's a recession out there somewhere. No one knows when. And when there's a market pullback due to a recession, active managers average about five, 600 basis points of outperformance. So here's the question investors need to ask themselves. Two big questions. Do I think we're in a 15% plus environment like the last seven years? My response would be no. And the big push towards passive is just what the financial media always does. They tell you to do the right strategy for five years ago. Five years ago, right, right. Um, the other question that investors have to ask is, is even if you don't... Present have, company excluded. Of did course. You, I was going to say, did he just call us a lagging indicator? <laughs> I Sorry about did. that. That's okay. I, I was thinking of Barron's. We're the yeah. exception. I yeah, understand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But the other question that investors have to ask themselves is as they're, as they, if they don't really have a strong feeling about what the market's going to do, what is the kind of ride that they're willing to accept? Market's up 15, you're only up 14, that's kind of the passive active. Market's down 15, you're down 8. You know, you know, that is the trade-off of active and passive based upon the Morningstar study. And I think the answer is pretty clear that for most investors, that risk protection is really important. And when investors forget about the need for risk and uh, protection is after seven years of an amazing market. Right. The last time that this active-passive debate was as loud and as persistent was 99-2000 after a long bull market. But you know what? I never heard anybody talk about the wonders of passive investing in 2010 when the S&P had spent 10 years losing money. Interesting. <laughs> Look, I, 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 well, this was the discussion we had yesterday, right, about, about yeah. p- picking the right money manager. Right. And everyone thinks that they're going to pick the right, you know, and I, I compared it to marriage. Everyone thinks that they're going to be the 50% that doesn't get divorced. And so people keep getting married. But, but you know, within the active versus passive, you know, what you're really talking about also is numbers sort of across the board. But, in fact, in active management, uh, you can find some really crummy money managers or managers who've had good five-year runs and are about to have a bad one. Well, that, that's absolutely true. But I think there are two dynamics that investors need to recognize as they look at historical data on this question. Uh, number one is that it is a much more brutal market than it has been. 30 years ago, you could be a mediocre money manager and survive. That Those days are over. And so there's been a weeding out and the, the survive, there's a survivorship bias in money managers that is a positive survivorship bias. Only the best are still in business. The second, you know, really important component is that passive is no longer a 2% rump on the, on the tail of the market. 
it is 30, 35 percent of the overall market, and it's headed to 50. And remember that it's a crowded trade. It's a crowded trade. Yeah. I love the way you said that, Carol. That's exactly right. No, I, and it's a momentum trade. It makes me trade. a little nervous. It is a momentum trade. Because when a, non, yeah. a non-index a non manager is fired, obviously they're not market cap weighted. They're going to liquidate that portfolio. They're going to put it in a market cap weighted index, which means the big stocks get bought the most. They drive higher. That's exactly why you get the FANG stocks leading like right. they do. Right. Because of this momentum component of the move to passive. So I think your notion of crowded trade, right strategy for five years ago, but think about what the next five years are likely to mean in the financial markets, and is it really the right trade going forward? As though, but as long as there, we got about 30 seconds, as long as there are, though, are central banks doing, making it easier, and so on and so forth, and pumping money into the system, maybe, maybe that lets that cycle go on a little bit longer. Actually, I just finished a piece. Uh, talking about how you know we we could be set up for a global disinflationary boom, even so, returns are going to be lower in the U.S. and you're going to want that active manager advantage. We got to run. Thank you so much. Enjoyed this. Michael Jones, Chairman, Chief Investment Officer at Riverfront Investment Group, based in Richmond, Virginia, on site at Pershing Insight 2017, right here in San Diego. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, Corey Johnson, the closing numbers on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> 